Success can be defined as getting up one more time after you've been knocked down over and over and over and over again. I'm T. Wood, and this is Triumphant Moment, where we highlight all of life's challenges, what's beyond the surface, to inspire, to inform, or encourage people to triumph over life's challenges. Let's go. Uh, with me today, I have Miss Judith Hawkins. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Look, I want to first dive into your upbringing. You are the fifth of eight siblings. I am. We're called the Spring Hope Gang. Woo! Okay. That's because we were pretty much, my father came from Spring Hope, North Carolina. It's a place you spring into and you hope to get out of. Wow. <laughs> wow. See, so... Fifth of eight, how was that? You know, there's usually someone that's pretty much running things. That's the more, uh, you know, kind of run with the siblings, head over. Is usually the person that's older? Where did you fit in, in in that circle? Well, actually, you know, the dynamics of a family, I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a master's degree in family and child human development. I had it so many years ago. But anyway, somewhere studying this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your dynamics of the family is about a about four children, mm -hmm. so we're eight. So we're actually two sets of fours. Okay. So I would be the oldest child, the firstborn for that second set. But when I think about my childhood, I remember several things. But the thing that's most important is I have an older sister that I love dearly, and she's so wonderful. But I'm not like my sister. Oh. <laughs> and I kind of grew up going... Everybody loves her, like everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves her, but nobody really <laughs> likes me because I'm, I'm too, I'm, I'm too, too, too all those, you know, right. those things. Mm. And um, and so I grew up with this sense of my, I'm marching to the beat of a different drummer, but I don't, I'm not sure that's a good beat, a good rhythm. But hey, it's worked. <laughs> that what makes you unique? It's only one of me. Right, right. And I have to be me since everybody else is taken. That sounds trite, but that's really quite true. See? Do you keep in contact with your siblings? Do you oh, have? we get together. We have a family conference call once a month. Oh, that's awesome. And now with, um, with COVID, we've started a monthly celebration with the whole family, the, including the children, the grandchildren on Zoom. That is awesome. Uh, uh, my next question was, how did the how did COVID, you know, affect the communication and keeping in contact? Did it pick up? Did it oh, slow down? Oh no, it intensified. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So when you say intensify, what's your version of it? Or is it weekly that y'all actually in contact? No, we're doing everything monthly. But I talk to. I have one brother. I talk to weekly. We're very close. We're still quite close. Hmm. We've made a point to remain close. Okay. So. Educational background. Could you give us an idea of your educational background? Oh, well, I'm part of the 60s integration. I in Greensboro, North Carolina, where ANT is located and the sit-ins. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I went to four, was it four colleges in four years um, mm. and finally graduated from Andrews University. I have to stop and think about this. You know, it seems like a long time hey. ago. hey. <laughs> Hey. I'm getting ready to move into another decade shortly here. You better know. Uh, and then I, um, then I went to Ohio, the Ohio State University, and got my master's. And I think it's human development 
child development and human family relations and child development. I think that's what that degree is. But I have it. Trust me. And if you something did the research, like that. yeah, if you something like yeah, if you check it out, we'll be verified. And then uh, I was there with my husband who finished his doctorate in um, communications, and we went to Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee, Florida. Florida A&M University, where he did 35 years, retired after 35 years, and wow. less than about nine months after he retired, he had a heart attack. Wow. So I've been a widow now for seven years. And, um, and once I got there, I thought I'd do a PhD, but I watched him get his PhD, and I remember that, you know, those things I said about growing up, like, I kind of got, I'm, sometimes my drum doesn't fit with other rhythms. So I went to law school, because I figured... I'd go get a professional degree where they had to graduate me right. if I completed all the coursework. Well, see, that was the next question. Actually, what was the defining moment that made you interested to go into law? I watched my husband get his doctorate, and I realized that you could actually do all of your classwork, and the professors determine whether or not you're going to get that degree. And I just, I could see myself having issues. I just, that was too much power and control for somebody to have over me. It was mm. like, nah, that's not going to work. You, you, you <laughs> foresaw some, <laughs> some challenges there, little bumps there. Yeah. With that. So I thought, let me just go to law school. If I successfully complete the coursework, they have no choice. They must graduate me. They mm. must. Now I'll do it with the bar. But oh. I, I, I want my degree. See, so we take that moment. Let's fast forward. Uh, what would you say were some of the accomplishments you had in that profession? As a in the law, in, in law school, yeah, in law, in law in general, in law in general. Yes. Well, I think the height of my success was I became a judge, a Leon County judge. I served for eighteen years. I was a series of firsts. I was the first black to win in a contested relation uh, contest. I awesome. was the first female. Awesome. Um, see, I was the first black to win. I was first black, first mm -hmm. black to win in the contested race, and the first female. Wow. That would be the high point, and I served for 18 years. Wow. And then the end of the story is really picks up what you're here about, the triumphant moments. Yes. And, um, and I was removed from the bench, and it's taken me a minute to process that. Uh, and that's, that's where I'm happy to talk about triumph. So, see, so that's where just moving into what were some of the greatest challenges you faced in that time period of it sounds, being removed? You know, it sounds really strange, but during the season of being removed is when my husband died. And uh, wow. I've got two very stressful, life-changing events going on, but my husband's death makes the removal from the bench pale. And after the removal from the bench, they actually came after my bar card, and they had wow. that was unprecedented. So, wow. and, and in that season, I was also losing and caregiving for, um, I lost my brother, I care gave, or gave care for his daughter, mm -hmm. who had also lost her mother. Wow. Um, she died of triple negative breast cancer, like 42-ish or so. Wow. So it was just a season, and I never really thought about it until a pastor looked at me and said, you know, you're going through a Job season. It was for the first, when he labeled it, it was the first time it dawned on me, like, yeah, I guess that is what's going on. Yeah, okay, that sounds like a good label. So when, when, when we look at it, 
in a span of what we say some months that these things happen? Well, 2012, my brother died. 2013, my husband died. 2014, I came off the bench. 2014, my um, sister-in-law died. 2015, I don't remember 2015. Maybe 2015 is, oh, 2015. How could I forget 2015? That's when the bar took my license. 2016, I think I just zoned out. 2017, I buried my father, my best friend, my niece, and my son was deathly ill. And then you season that with the financial upheavals, the emotional turmoil, just, 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 just all of it. Just right. all of it. Right. Now, and, and just so that our listeners and viewers can get an understanding, when someone goes for your bar, what is that? Well, you have a license. Right. Have, in order to practice law, be a doctor, you have to have a license. And so the Florida Bar came after my bar license, and they suspended it. Um, and I totally was not prepared for that. I had no idea that they would do a double take. It it. it it had not been done before. There was no reason for me to expect that after they removed me from the bench, I'd also get a double whammy with my license. And that, that kind of took the breath out of me for a moment. Because when I came off the bench, it was like, oh, well, you know, life is what it is, and you just keep it moving. Wow. But losing your license, that's losing your livelihood. That's losing your identity. That's losing a lot. Everything that you pretty much worked for up to that point. Right. right. Was surrounding things of that, well, that bar. You know? I'm gonna get to the triumphant moment part. This, look, we I, I got to look, get there. We we are definitely <laughs> going to get there. In fact, your mindset. You are alive, vibrant, and sitting here right now with us. What was your mindset to keep you going? That's what our viewers and listeners need to know. What kept you going? You're here, smiling. I am. Uh, I'm gonna put this in context for you. This is the seventh year of my husband's passing, which I would say of all of those experiences would be number one, head and shoulders. And I just decided by God's grace that this was my year of restoration, of rest, reorganization, revitalization, wow. all those R's. It, was, it, it is the year where I said, God, you know, in the Jewish economy, the seventh year is the year of rest for the land okay. and restoration. And I just claimed that for myself. And so this year, uh, one of the, in fact, the the um, the vehicle that the uh, that the judicial qualifications commission used to remove me from the bench was my ministry, Gaza Road Ministry, and now this year I've launched this sister, the not for profit side, GRM two. Awesome. And that is, I'm getting more and more excited. Awesome. Because I'm finally coming to grips with, you know what? I do have a story, and people might actually be interested in my story. In fact, somebody might be encouraged by my story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could you explain more about the ministry, uh, GRM2? Yeah. Well, GRM2, which is the not-for-profit side of it, will be, it's, my ministry has always been focused on women. That's the primary source for it. Okay. Directional audience focused toward women. And so now I'm doing the Hawkins Empowerment Life System to discover your life purpose, unlock your full potential, and supercharge your success. Wow. And so I'm, uh, the goal is through webinars and through written materials and through presentations and conferences and meetings that we're going to look at ways that we can actually understand our journeys. So the uh, motto for God's Road Ministry was searching timeless Bible truths for today's applications. Wow. That's a great segue 
into journey to understanding because we've got to have some understanding of what's happened to us. And to tell the truth, understanding that we will not understand mm. is a wow. great release. Wow. Could you dive a little deeper into that? Understanding that we will not understand? When I look back over my life starting in 2012, mm -hmm. I can put these events into categories. I have come to peace with the things that God did. He has total control over, and that's in the category of death. Those deaths, God gives life, God takes life. And he might share with us why he did what he did when he did it, like he did it for the reason that he did it, but there's a high probability he won't. And so you got to come to peace with understanding there's some things in life you don't understand. Now, the rest of that stuff that happened to me, psh, that was all man-made garbage. Mm. Well, I shouldn't call it garbage, but that's how I feel mm. about it. It's man-made <laughs> garbage. And so you get an opportunity to understand, for me, that nothing is as it seems. Nothing is as it seems. Everything has, has, a, has at least two meanings, at least two, mm. two there, there's the earthly level, okay. and there's the spiritual level. And I think that it's important for us to kind of step back and begin to look down on our expenses right. as opposed to always looking up. Because when we begin to look down, we begin to understand that there is a bigger plan going on. Believe that. It's a bigger plan. Absolutely. It is a puzzle. And when you look at the puzzle pieces you don't see how they're fitting in. It doesn't make any sense to you. But if you got the picture, mm. if you're looking at the picture, mm. it's easy to put the pieces together. Or I do need it. Well, I did do need to work, but I have a need to work picture that I made once. And when you look at the backside, all you see are all these knots and strings and threads. Mm. But when you flip it over, you see a beautiful, beautiful picture. And I think that when we are looking up, we're looking at the backside. Right, right. But if we can invite and ask for some spiritual divine revelation to see the picture side. Mm. And that's about where I think I'm moving now in my life where, you know, I've been looking at them threads a long time. I want to see what's on the other side. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. See, with that said, so let's take a look back at when you were a judge. Things or being involved in law. So are there any skill sets from your or any experience from your time period of being a judge and, and being involved in law that you can plug into your ministry? Let me tell you something. I've always said a law degree is an excellent degree. You can get your law degree right out of college. You can make it a second career, a third career. The skills that are attained through the process of becoming a lawyer are just invaluable, and they transfer to every aspect of wow. your life. Which is one of the reasons I get a little annoyed with my sisters who are exceedingly successful in their professional lives, but their personal lives are just in shatters. And I'm going, why are you not using those same skills, mm. those same disciplines, those same traits that you've mm. mastered on the professional side in your personal life? It's like, you wouldn't put up with that kind of stuff with your employee, <laughs> your coworker, particularly if you can hire and fire. Why are you nah. putting up with that stuff in your personal life? But we won't go there. That's just a side. <laughs> just, just, just. We're, we're going to say that for saying. part two. That's going to be part two, volume two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm very happy that I went to law school. Um, and I probably went to law school not only because I wanted to have a professional degree, but 
uh, that's another first. I was the first black board certified in marital and family law, right. to my understanding, in the state of Florida. Right. And because I had a degree in that from The Ohio State University, I could see family law and family dynamics from a totally different point of view. Um, but it's a cousin. My master's degree is kind of like a cousin to the social work field. But mm. in social work, I promptly realized you're always trying to get somebody above you <laughs> to give you what you want. And I thought, yeah, why don't I just kind of move into that level? And then to become a judge, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we finally can make some changes up in see, here. See, see. And do you feel, are you content with the changes or, or effect that you've had on people even during that time? That was, Terrence, to be quite honest with you, that was, that was a, I, I think I finally got a good foot, at least half of a good foot over the line. I didn't okay. understand. I did not understand my journey to understanding. Wow. Why I was removed from the bench, because I was a good judge. I know that I was a good judge. I had no confusion in my mind that I had been elected to serve the people of Leon County. And it was not only my ethical and professional duty, but my own spiritual commitment right. to serve the people of Leon County. Right. And I have been so blessed over these years that people have just, just, oh, I'm trying to think how recently it has been, probably within the last month or so, Someone else has just, just, I'm wearing these, oh, I know what it was, we're talking about within weeks. Mm. I'm in Walmart, and I'm wearing a mask. Mm. And this man stops, and he just looks at me, and he says, you're Judge Hawkins. And I'm going, I got a mask on. With your mask on. And he proceeds to tell me how he came into my courtroom, and the impact that I had upon his life, and it changed the whole direction and trajectory of his life. And I run into that often. So I was kind of like, Lord, I don't quite understand why. And the understanding, the journey to understanding, the revelation is God gives us seasons and assignments. Absolutely. And when those assignments are over, then he has another. But we don't understand. And this is a thought I want to leave. These assignments are a process of promotions. Mm. Now, that's a new thought. Mm. You want, I saw yesterday you showed me the picture of your beautiful young little girl. Uh, but you're going to be devastated if she doesn't successfully complete kindergarten, and she pre-K, because she, you want her promoted to kindergarten. That would hurt. Okay? That and would then, And on through the processes, okay? Right. So each grade level, each experience we have in life right. is a, an assignment of preparation for the next one. Wow. And I remember thinking to myself, why am I, why is this assignment coming to the end? And I think now I'm beginning to accept because I'm being promoted to another assignment, which is based upon all those other experiences. Wow. So now in this ministry, when I started talking about journey to understanding, this is not a theoretical conversation. This is a conversation where I can say to you, it is important that we see more than the eye can see. Right. Right. We understand more than the mind can grasp. And in so doing, when we go through these challenges, when we go through these hard times, right. we reframe it. We look at it a totally different way. Something as simple as thinking to myself, 
why all the financial issues? And it's it's been it's it's been yeah, it would be nice to yeah, you know, that was a good job. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what good benefits. Right. Right. A little something here well, there. Well, something, something, you, you know, know, kind of That's stuff. it. So, but now I'm just beginning to realize that I'm looking from things really far more looking down on it. I'm looking at the pictures as opposed to looking up at all those threads. Wow. And now the threads are making sense because those were the threads that were needed to impose or to weave in to embed those other colors, those other designs. The strength that you show in just sitting with you and just speaking with you is just off the charts, okay? It is absolutely off the charts. When you look at, when you take a look back and look at yourself now, have you had an opportunity to visit different places, let's say countries or things of that sort, to oh, man, you know, help individuals? Oh, man, was it 40 or 50? I think it must have been 50. I think 50, maybe. Okay. I decided that I wanted to do something. I wanted to give God a gift for my life. Mm. Well, remember, we've already discussed that sometimes I kind of have problems with, mm, I, I, I'm a little bit of a loner, not just a little smidgen. Just a little smidgen. Just a little smidgen. And I wanted to do something for him that okay. didn't require corporate approval or mm. consent. Okay. And so he gave me the idea. I love to travel. Love to travel. And he says, well, why don't you do mission trips for me? So I started doing mission trips. And as a result, I mean, I was going back to back. I've gone places I'd never gone. Have you gone to Mongolia? Mongolia is a beautiful place. I've been on been all there. the... The only continent I haven't been on, would, I guess, would be uh, Antarctica. So I've made it to Australia. I didn't do a mission trip in Australia, but I've been there. So I have traveled quite a bit with my mission trips. Um, Costa Rica? I, oh, yeah, Costa Rica. I started out, my first one was in the motherland. Started out in Kenya. Uh. And then, uh, let's see, I've been to Costa where, Oh, Costa Rica was my first one. First and one that day. one, I helped build a school, and I quickly realized that my forefathers had done enough for me. That wasn't a good fit. That just wasn't a good fit. But in Costa Rica, I had an opportunity to meet uh, a, a pastor who had started this new program of taking people, particularly from America, to do evangelistic meetings oh, wow. in the world. And he was going, he asked me about going to Africa. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like something I want to do. That sounds kind of cool. And I'm not giving much thought to it. And he calls me back and he says, are you ready to go? And I said, well. It's self-supporting, and as a judge, I couldn't raise money. I had to pay for it. Wow. Terrence, this is so off topic. But anyway, I'd always wanted to be an adjunct professor. Okay. And back, and I, I don't know if they pay much more now, but it was $3,000, and $3,000 is what I needed for the mission trip. And I'm at an event with FAMU, for FAMU, and I'm talking to someone in the political science department, and I just kind of flippantly talked about how I always wanted to be an adjunct professor, mm-hmm. yada, 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 yada. And, uh, and he says, Okay. And I'm thinking, what does okay mean? I got the job, and for most of the years that I did my mission trip, I was an adjunct professor making exactly the $3,000 I needed wow. to go to Africa, Costa Rica, Panama, wow. Brazil, Mongolia. Wow. Um, I went somewhere in Europe. Where did I go in Europe? Oh, man, where the Black Sea is. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. I've been to Cuba. I've been to Mexico. Now, clearly, each place that you've gone, is there a prerequisite of the specific type of uh, 
women that you assist? What are, What is the exact? No, I actually went to do evangelistic meetings, so I preached. Wow. I preached. When wow. we preach, I can, oh, I can preach now. <laughs> See? Look at here. You're preaching without preaching right now. Did you have the, uh, now, I want to take a step back. In Costa Rica, you had a chance to help build a church, or was Costa it a school? Rica, it was a school. We school. Were, were helping, we were helping to build a school. Okay. And I, that heat, I couldn't do that heat. That's too hot. Okay. It was too hot. Okay. So even when I did my evangelistic meetings, I went to the countries trying to be kind of in the cooler part of the year. Right. In fact, I was in Cuba this year. I, I just couldn't go another year. I hadn't had a mission trip. The last, I went to Peru. Peru, and okay. I hadn't had a chance to do Peru. I did maybe 2016-ish. Peru is a place I'd, I'd like to travel. Anyway, I can't. I've done so many. I have to stop and try to catalog in mind. But anyway, I hadn't had a mission trip, gone on a mission trip for a minute. And this was twenty. This is 2020. And I just said, Lord, I have got to do a mission trip. So I was able to go to Cuba. Okay. And, of course, I hit Cuba right with COVID. And so Cuba's kicking out the that Americans. That changed everything. And America says, oh, everybody come home. And I'm so thankful I went to Cuba because mm. all the other trips shut down. Wow. They shut down and canceled. Now, pertaining to as things get better, things clear up, eventually, do you see yourself taking more mission trips? Oh, absolutely. That's in my DNA now. That's like, Oh, yeah. There's something about being able to share the word of God. I remember mm. being in um, a part of Indonesia. See, I'm thinking about it, it's starting to come back to me. Okay. I was in a, a part of Indonesia, and I was sitting on a floor, a linoleum floor in this, uh, um, in this home. And you remember back in the early days of America how the kitchen was apart from the house? That's how it was. And in my arms, I was holding this baby with the extended stomach, malnutrition. Wow. And I remember thinking to myself, why am I coming over here to tell these people about God? They need food and clothing and shelter. And he answered me and he says, because they need the very same things that you want, hope. Wow. They want a better life for their children. They want to believe that what they're experiencing now is not the end of the story. Mm. And that's now why I understand. So when I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm saying there is hope. This insanity that we're experiencing is not the end of the story. I've read the end of the book, and I can tell you. See, we're we're not allowed to get up right now, and and I want to break nothing and do a praise (laughs) break right now. I'm not going to do that. Look, there are moments in life that help provide clarity for us on things that have happened in the past. Now, is there any moment during your mission trips that stand out amongst the others? Is there any one moment that stands out amongst the others? Well, that was a very, very enlightening moment. Um, In the Cuba trip, Mm -hmm. I realized that I had been sent specifically to get the word of God into the hands of this mountainous Mm -hmm. little isolated community where everyone was coming but no one had a Bible and uh, we need to know the Bible I'm just going to be that's my story and I'm sticking Sticking to it I'm going to take with Paul I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ okay and I also know that our journey to understanding requires us to have a compass we've got to Mm. have something to give us direction for me I have found it to be the word of God And so I can, I can um, rephrase that 
for my audience. Okay. For some folks, I'll just simply say, you know, there's this ancient book, and <laughs> in it you learn wisdom and yada yada right. and da da da. And right. for those who are comfortable, who are more comfortable, I'll just say, well, if you go to the Apostle Paul's writings, you okay. learn or Peter or Jesus said. So I, you know, I can, I, I just kind of. I don't like the word spin, but, you know, we'll just See. present it for the population that's listening, for the audience that's listening. Right. Um, but our journey to understanding is based on having a true compass. And okay. if your compass is not true, I don't, you're never going to get where you're going. Wow. Wow. Now, when you say if your compass is not true, is, is that more of uh, what are you using to help guide you? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. Wow. And there are a lot of fake compasses out there. There's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of fake compass. And there's only... Jewel alert. There was just a jewel alert. If you did not catch that, that was another jewel dropped. Y'all, if y'all missed it, just rewind it on back. <laughs> um, and I have now... I now attest, affirm, anchor mm -hmm. my journey and making sure that my compass is accurate. And because of it, when I'm in a storm, I still know where the shore is. Ooh. When my eyes are blinded with tears, I still know where the box of tissues are. Ooh. It does not matter what is coming down, what is coming through, what is coming around about me. I know where my anchor is. And because of that, I'm just having these experiences which give me Patience, and patience gives me hope. And hope is not a shame, for the love of Jesus Christ is shining, is shining abroad. See, with our, vi with our viewers, what would you say to that person that is watching this right now, that group of folks who are watching this right now, who go through life with the anticipation of doing something? They train for it, they studied for it, and then they meet a point in life that it takes them in a different direction. What advice would you give to those people that are experiencing that? I would say to them, journey to understanding, which is the motto for GRM2, when you begin to step back and realize what you're going through mm. and get an understanding of it, that which you think has been the worst thing that could happen to you mm. turns out to be the greatest blessing. Wow. I mean, I, I just... I, I, wow. I want to, and I'm just going to go ahead and unabashedly do it, but I think of the story of Joseph mm. being thrown in, uh, thrown in that pit by his brothers, but that set him on the road to get to Potiphar's house, and that was pretty rough. And Mrs. Potiphar got him into prison, and that was horrendously horrible, but it was from the prison that he went to the palace. Mm. And so trying to understand this when we're going through it it's right. very difficult unless you got a good compass. Unless you have that compass that keeps you centered. That keeps you centered, keeps you focused. It keeps you understanding that what you see is not all that there is. Wow. And it also helps you to understand. Wow. You see the backside of all the knotted threads, but there's a beautiful, beautiful most um, tapestry on the other side. Mm. Here at Triumphant Moments, we have a motto. And it's called Encouragement for Free. So we ask all of our guests to provide some encouragement for free. What is some encouragement for free that you would provide to our viewers? 
The encouragement for free that I would advise, that I would give to our viewers would be this. You need to check the source of the thoughts that are running through your mind. Mm. I didn't realize it at the time, but I've come to realize that I had written a lot of materials for God's Road Ministry, which that website is still up, and you can access my materials there. Just contact me, and I'll, I've done two devotional books. Okay. I didn't realize it, but I had actually fortified my mind with, these, with this compass of thus saith the Lord. I didn't realize what I was doing to myself. And when I hit that storm, and it was coming in every which had way it could come there was something that had already been fortified my mind had already been fortified and these these bible stories and i wrote it about women my materials about women right and so i'm just pulling from these women's experiences and it's giving me it's making my compass sure i had an external way to double check if my compass was a pure compass a true compass an accurate compass what you put in your mind is going to be revealed in how you act. Wow. And so when you mm. feel like you're going down, but you remember, but Peter said, Jesus, don't you care? Mm. And he says, oh, ye of little faith. Well, wait a minute here. This boat's getting really rocky. <laughs> but Jesus just said, I'm here. Don't worry. I got you. Mm. Anchor yourself. Mm. Pay attention to what into your mind. And that means exercising some serious censoring. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. You want to expound on that? Um, sometimes that may, it, in your life, you may experience some twists, some turns, and things of that sort. But having yourself centered, and what are you using that is your center, that is guiding you, your principles, if you will, that pretty much takes you the distance is according to what is your compass. Well, I recently have formed, Romans 8.28 was my number one text, okay. no matter what happened. When all of life started coming apart, all of my successes were falling appear to be falling into falling. I've always anchored myself on Romans 8, 28, and it really is God works mm. all things out for good. But I now have a sandwich, and then these are the core pieces of my sandwich. See, my bun, top bun, is uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. God knows the plans he has for mm. me. My meat is he works everything out. But my other bun is this. Give thanks in everything, Philippians 5.18, wow. because God wouldn't tell us to give thanks for everything wow. because he wouldn't tell us to give thanks for things that are not going to work out for our good. So when it looks like it's really, really bad, right. but God says give thanks for mm -hmm. everything, in everything, mm -hmm. that means he's got that. So now that's my sandwich. Now I can go ahead and add some more lettuce and tomatoes, and I can give you some more text for that. But you got to get me. You gotta have your sandwich text here. Continuing to feed yourself with those fundamentals, with those basics in your life, you cannot do nothing but win. No matter how the situation may look, you can do nothing but win. Nothing but win. And, and, and be calm about it. As you're right. sitting as you're sitting right. here looking at it, you're going, hmm, I'm supposed to give thanks and everything. 
Uh, this doesn't look very good, but he said give thanks. That means it's going to work out okay. And, and those are the main times. And those are the main times. Right. And he's already promised you right. that he will work everything out for Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And just in case you didn't get it, I got plans for you. And my plans for you are good. You have to accept that and understand that. Tell us, what is next? What do you have coming up as far as what you're into? What I'm into? Yeah, like what oh, do you have? Any other project? Right any projects coming up for? Oh Jared? yeah, everything right now is really geared to Gaza Road or GMR, GRM two. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, the immediate project is working on a book where I will be interviewing twenty women on seven issues and and putting seven uh, putting together it in the digital, the audio, putting workbooks with it. Oh wow. With that, that's the big project. The smaller project is that I hope to launch very quickly now my webinars, where we'll be doing study guides on uh, materials that I have that we are now revamping and reusing it. So for the women who will contact me, email me their address. They'll have the information on the screen. I have a packet for them, and uh, it's called Women's Jewels. It's a study guide. It's a productivity calendar in it and there's also a bonus gift on gratitude um, with oh, I think the value is probably 50 or more dollars of free materials that they'll be receiving mm-hmm. and I hope that they will contact me at the email address they will. and I'm looking forward to doing that and we're beginning to start that ministry and I, I'm getting excited about the fact that yes my story is worth telling for a long time I yes. thought it was I thought it was everybody I have devalued what God has done for me, mm. and that is an insult to him. Mm. It is not for nothing what you experience. It is not for nothing. We're here right now. It is not for nothing. I think the part of my story has been the public side. Right. So folks know about the What's on the surface. What's on the surface. Mm-hmm. But people don't know the rest of the story. They don't know about the personal issues that I was dealing with during that same time. Right. Um, and they also don't realize that when you look at everything that I've gone through, they're all common. Mm. We lose our loved ones. We lose our spouses. We lose jobs. We lose license. Yes. We go into financial tailspins. We usually get the wonderful gift of having them not all at the same right. time. Right. You know, I, just the whirlwind where they just woo, 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 woo. Right. Uh, right. But the public part of it is what's also difficult. That, I think, is a good part of my story, that I didn't have a place to run and hide. Right. What you saw was what it is. Right and there on Front Street. There was no place to run and hide. Mm-hmm. The, and you handled it. You saw it through. I think that I was on what you call a God-based anesthesia. <laughs> well, there's, this, there's this numbness, and you're kind of on autopilot, and you kind of cruise through, and you're getting your strength from him, you know? So I, I tell you what, um, with everything that we've said here today, uh, I just have to let you know that you are absolutely an inspiration um, we actually look forward to having you on the show again. Yes, one day at some point in time, we will have you on again. We have to because you have way too much information, way too much experience, and way too much blessings to just give and pour into someone or people. And we just absolutely can't let that go to waste. So here at Triumphant Moments, we thank you. We thank you 
Terrence, I thank you. One of my requests has been to be a conduit. My father explained to me a conduit, a pipeline. Right. And he said that you have to keep your hands open so God can put things in it to flow through others. But the conduit pipeline, the conduit concept is this. When things flow through the pipeline, it always leaves residuals. Mm. And I've come to realize that wow. the residuals of the blessings that have flown through me toward others has been more than enough. Hallelujah, more than enough. So I love being a conduit. I got nothing better to do than to share with you what God has given to me, to share with others, because I know that whatever gets left right. on that pipeline, yes. it doesn't clog it up like an artery. It mm. just makes it, it, it's a really funny thing. It doesn't clog up my conduit, my pipeline at right. all. In fact, I think it may actually stretch it. Wow. Wow. Life. I want to thank you. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again. You know, I can't thank you enough for being here. Sometimes in life, you may fail. You must fail in order to succeed. But one thing is certain. Never, ever, ever, ever give up. I'm T. Wood. This is Ms. Judith Hawkins. Try for moments. <laughs>